Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio. In this podcast, I discuss everything Sea of Thieves, from lore to PvP, to even what fish you can catch for the hunter's call. Please sit back, relax, and join me on this adventure. That guy's to Pirate Talk Radio episode 34. I am Davram, and I want to thank each and every one of you for spending a little bit of time and listening to this podcast. It's a big one. It's a big one. Huge announcement. Now, before we get into that, a wise man knows when to admit that he's wrong. I'm not wrong about a lot. But I was wrong when I said that Sea of Thieves would not be at E3. I said I would like them to be there, but I didn't anticipate or see that Sea of Thieves would be at E3 based on the current state of the game. Um, We've talked at length over the past uh, many episodes of the declining player base and the issues with bugs and exploits. And E3 is not a place that you say, hey, we're releasing this cool thing to fix bugs and exploits. It's just... It is a place to uh, celebrate a new something, right? A new game, a new DLC, a new expansion, something new, exciting, hype. Uh, That's what E3 is about if you are hiding under a rock when it comes to gaming. Uh, And personally, I didn't think Sea of Thieves really had anything in order to uh, announce that stuff. I mean, sure, the community and all of us who play would love them to have some sort of announcement where they're like, hey, this is the... Sea of Thieves Season 3, everything's fixed update. Of course, we would love to hear that, but not something that you broadcast at E3. Instead, we had a prime spot very early in the presentation, and why I say that's a prime spot is because just like any video or any movie or any TV show that's streamed, your viewership usually goes down the longer you're going. So, Uh, Prime spots are usually right in the beginning, not necessarily the first thing off the bat as people are still trying to tune in, uh, but usually right in the early part and see if Thieves was there. Now, I have watched the trailer more times than I can count. Um, Today, uh, June 17th, they released another like extension to the trailer, which was uh, showing you gameplay. Uh, And then again on Sunday, June 20th, Uh, There will be another extension of the trailer where they're going to deep dive, talk to Disney, which I'm very much excited to hear that part. Uh, The developers and everyone will be talking. There will just be a lot of communication um, about the game uh, and a deep dive into this. Because quite frankly, this was a secret. Um, It's The partners didn't know about it. The partners knew something big was coming. But they didn't know what, they didn't know when, they didn't know how, they didn't know where. They just knew something was coming. Um, They didn't know it was at E3, and you can see that by a lot of their reaction videos uh, that are are peppered across the the interwebs at this point. Um, This was a a well-kept secret by Rare. And in the gaming industry where there's data mining and where there's a lot of people like me who are digging and diving for whatever we can do to give you news and updates, this was a pretty big deal that nothing got spoiled. 
uh, especially since this deal began back in 2019. So many, many years ago, right? We're talking E3 2019-ish. Um, let's just say that three years ago that this was kept under wraps. Um, so it, that's, a, that's a huge kudos uh, to everyone involved in the Rare team to be able to keep such a big thing, a big announcement like this, completely under wraps with no spoilers whatsoever. Sucks for us people who are reporting on it, but you know what? It gives us a lot to talk about right now, and there is a lot to talk about. Uh, specifically, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you'll know that my initial reaction to this was mixed, both excited but also very disappointed. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit. And trust me, I have received enough angry tweets, DMs, emails, and comments that uh, <laughs> I could I could fill a very large swimming pool with. Which is actually fine. That means I'm doing my job well, and I'm I'm creating conversation, and I'm I'm poking at people, um, which means you know there's some passion out there, which is good. Um, so if you've been living under a rock and you're listening to Pirate Talk Radio and haven't been paying attention to announcements, I'm sorry if this spoils it. But Sea of Thieves has partnered with. The Mouse, yes, Mickey Mouse and Disney, uh, Sea of Thieves has partnered with, and that deal began back in 2019 to bring Pirates of the Caribbean, the beloved IP, the beloved title, the beloved series, the beloved movies of Disney to Sea of Thieves. Um, and I want to talk first about um, what I saw in the trailer a little bit, and also what I saw in the gameplay trailer today um, first, because there's a lot of positives to take from this. There's absolutely a lot of positives uh, to take from this, um, but there's also a lot of concerns that we should have and we should continue to raise and continue to think about and talk about, uh, but we'll save that till later because, like I said, I've, I've had enough nasty grams that let's not start off the show with you guys tuning out and or leaving comments because of my nasty grams, though, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know that I'm very critical of the game that I love. So you probably guessed that something like that was coming. So what I want to first start with is the history of Sea of Thieves and Pirates of the Caribbean and why this match makes sense and why this match is something that I anticipated was happening at some point, just not now and not in the foreseeable future. So let's let's look at Sea of Thieves and kind of look at the difference between. So first off, right in the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean, when you're meeting Jack Sparrow, you realize he has a very interesting compass, and it's called out in one of the very first scenes that you have Jack Sparrow in, that it's a compass that doesn't point north. Now, in Sea of Thieves, we've had that since we've had the Tall Tales, and now more recently, we have that that we have the Gold Hoarder uh, Vault Voyages. Jack Sparrow's compass, if you haven't ever watched Pirates of the Caribbean, points to whatever the wielder wants most. Um, sometimes it's not something they realize they want most, which is what we see as the series continues in other movies, but it points to what they truly want most. And in Sea of Thieves, uh, of course, in the Tall Tales, we've got compasses that don't point north, but point us towards the objective, point us towards Briggsy. But later in the Gold Hoarder Voyage, of course, in Sea of Thieves, the thing everyone wants most is gold, booty, and plunder, points us to the Gold Hoarder Vaults, where we can get booty, plunder, and the Chest of Ancient Tribute. So there's a connection there. 
uh, we already have compasses that don't point north, and it's a, a it's a very true tip of the cap to Pirates of the Caribbean. Recently in the Pirate Emporium, we had a new ship set that was added, and that is the Queen Anne's Revenge. More so, the Queen Anne's Revenge as Disney designed it. Not the original Queen Anne's Revenge, not the original uh, ship of Edward Teach or Blackbeard, but the Disney version of the Queen Anne's Revenge or Blackbeard ship, which you can see in the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean. There's five total, I believe. Uh, the fifth one I don't really count because, in my opinion, it's a really crappy one. But I believe I, I just watched it. It's Stranger Tides, I believe, is the one. It's where Jack um, is kind of a prisoner of uh, Edward Teach or Blackbeard, uh, kind of coerced by his daughter, Jack's long-lost love. And uh, they're seeking out Ponce de Leon and the famous Fountain of Youth. Um, and in that movie, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. You'll notice that the Queen Anne's Revenge Blackbeard ship is very much the ship set that we now have at Sea of Thieves. Little alterations like the uh, the cage that is on the front or the figurehead of our ship is actually on the back of the Queen Anne's Revenge, but it's got the unique torch set up in the front. Um, and, you know, it's it's very much this ship is from, is inspired by Disney's Queen Anne's Revenge. And I mentioned when that ship set came out, not only is that ship set absolutely gorgeous, and it's absolutely an amazing ship set, very, very beautifully designed, um, but I mentioned it then that it was very much a tip of the cap to Disney, and many of the features of the Disney's Queen's Anne Revenge is in it. And so a partnership between Sea of Thieves and Pirates of the Caribbean is something that we can probably anticipate just in the future, is, is kind of what I said. And again, not the foreseeable future, as there are a lot of issues that are apparent in the game that, in my opinion, need to be addressed before anything else. Um, but that's beside the point. We'll get to that a little bit later. Curses, right? In uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the Black Pearl, the very first one, Curse of the Black Pearl, throughout the entire uh, Pirates of the Caribbean um, show, you're always dealing with curses. And the Curse of the Black uh, Pearl, it was the Greed Skeleton Curse. Huh. That's kind of the same thing we've got in Sea of Thieves, right? So the crew of the Black Pearl uh, under Captain Barbosa, by far one of my favorite pirates in that entire series, uh, finds the ancient chest of Cortez's gold, begins to spend it, and realizes that the greed um, and them spending all that money caused them to become skeletons. And they were cursed uh, in the moonlight. They they became skeletons. They couldn't die. Uh, they always felt like they were starving and thirsty and and other pleasures of the flesh they could not partake in. And the entire movie revolved around them breaking the curse and becoming human again. So we already have skeletons in the game. And the skeletons, as we know, based on the lore of Sea of Thieves, are cursed pirates. They're old pirates that have been cursed and there's a different variety of skeletons. Obviously we got the basic skeletons that are pretty dumb. You've got the skeletal lords. We've got the ashes. You know, there's a variety of different skeletal curses that we have uh, in the game. But again, it all goes back to they were human once and now they are skeleton because of the curse. We also have the gold curse from the gold hoarder. Uh, the curse that is driven um, by greed, you'll see all the gold hoarders across the seas have it. And of course, the gold hoarder himself in the shores of gold is a golden skeleton. So he is kind of double cursed. But ultimately, that curse came from greed. Another tip of the cap 
back to Pirates of the Caribbean. As we move into the second and the third movies, um, we know that Davy Jones and his crew of the um, of the Flying Dutchman are cursed. Um, we we know this because he stopped doing his duty uh, to ferry. I'm going to emphasize some words that are very important that to talk about in a little bit. He ferries the souls that have passed from one world into the afterlife. Very important. Important. He is cursed because he cannot set foot on dry land. And the idea was that him and Calypso, his love, um, would be able to be together for one day. Um, you know, what was it? One day ashore uh, every so many years at sea. I don't remember what the exact saying is, but... He failed to do his duty, and now he is cursed. His uh, crew um, is turning into parts of the boat. They're becoming barnacles and and weird, you know, sea creatures and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, part of the ship, part of the crew, and in fact, uh, Davy Jones himself, very tentacly, very uh, kraken-like, very octopus-like, um, in in his curse and his appearance that his appearance was even cursed and he did not resemble a human man anymore with his little crab claws and everything else. He also had the ability to summon a kraken, a mighty kraken, a violent kraken, a big kraken. One that you can actually see the head of. In Sea of Thieves, we only get to see the tentacles. Even if you dive into the nasty poison ink, there is no head, there is no body. It is just tentacles. But... Is it going to be that way for long? Next thing we can kind of uh, look like or look at here is um, is in Tall Tale number one. If you notice, when you take the Shroud Breaker uh, from its resting place, there are interesting skeletons that you rarely see in the game, and they're very vibrant colored, and they've got bits of barnacles and sea life growing on them. Hmm. Tip of the cap of Davy Jones's crew. But there are countless connections between where Sea of Thieves tips the cap or this deal with Disney was being set up for many, many years now. And if we're talking about three years ago in 2019, well, Sea of Thieves was young. Maybe this is the plan from the very beginning. Potentially, possibly, who knows? I would guess it was. I would guess that this was a plan from the very beginning. Now, there is an article out there um, that Joe Neat talks and Mike Chapman talks. I haven't honestly had the time to go through it. Um, but again, this deal started in 2019. Sea of Thieves is turning is, is three years old now. 2019 was three years ago. So you can anticipate that this game and the, the company was trying to get with Disney um, and Pirates of the Caribbean since its inception in some way, shape, or form, to do something in the future. Also, many of the main community members of Sea of Thieves, if you're not aware, came from a very successful, but now dead, MMORPG, the Pirates of the Caribbean MMORPG. So there's a lot of connections that make sense that Disney and Sea of Thieves would go together. Um, anything from the art style and the comedy of the thing to the curses to the, the look of different uh, items and the ships. It's just, it makes sense. Now, 
Let's go through the trailer in a little bit more detail. Again, Sea of Thieves always puts out brilliant, beautiful trailers. But what did we see in the trailer? Well, we saw beautiful art, beautiful new lands that we've never seen before, new islands, maybe a city it looked like, um, lots of beautiful things, underwater caves, uh, attacking mermaids, the silver blade itself, uh, sunken, lots of beautiful artwork, as they always do. Sea of Thieves is very good at original artwork and beautiful artwork. The, the trailer was absolutely stunning. Um, I watched Captain Falcor's video when he started to dive into the trailer that he just released this week, and he mentioned that when you look at the viewer numbers and the hype and stuff like that after the Microsoft E3 presentation, the Sea of Thieves stole the show. And that says a lot considering there were games that were released that people have been looking forward to for a very long time. Halo Infinite. The new um, Age of Empires. These are games that people have been looking forward to for a very long time. And based on the numbers, Sea of Thieves stole the show from those big name titles, which for me is super exciting and is super amazing. And kudos to Rare for being able to put on a presentation that beats out some of these top games that people have been looking for for a long time. We see obviously the artwork of Jack Sparrow, which for Sea of Thieves, a Sea of Thieves art rendition of Jack Sparrow, spot on. We saw Gibbs spot on. We saw Calypso, though a little different in her look, spot on and just absolutely amazing. Davy Jones, the, just absolutely brilliant job taking those real life, you know, characters in a movie and making them into the Sea of Thieves art style. Well done to Rare and their art team to make that happen. And even when we got into the gaming trailer today on the 17th, you can check that out on Microsoft's YouTube channel. Um, I don't remember what the timestamp was, um, but even in the actual gameplay trailer, fantastic job at the art rendition of the characters in the game. Just fabulous. Also, the voiceovers. Obviously, for us Pirates of the Caribbean fans, we understand the tenuous relationship now between um, b between Disney and 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 um, and his name just left me. Why he's one of my favorite actors? Why did it just go away? The actor who plays Jack Sparrow. Everyone is currently yelling at their phone or screaming at their screen because I can't. It just popped. Johnny Depp. Jesus, why was that so difficult? I'm a freaking idiot. It's like my favorite. Anyways, we know that there is a tenuous relationship between those two because of allegations um, in, in Johnny Depp's life right now. Um, so, though I don't know, and I hope we find out a little bit more about the voiceover work that was done um, for the characters and for the game and how that was accomplished, but I anticipate that Jack Sparrow is not being voiced by Johnny Depp. I would assume that that is not the case because of the relationship between Disney and Johnny Depp at this time. But whoever they got, if it wasn't Johnny Depp, did a damn good job of nailing Jack Sparrow. You can hear some differences in a couple of his lines uh, based on what Jack would normally say, but damn good job at that. Absolutely amazing job. And if it was Johnny Depp, kudos, because that's a big name and that's hard to get. Gibbs, uh, Calypso, even Davy Jones, their voices were absolutely on point. 
So if they don't have the original voice actors doing it, hell of a good job finding people who can really do those voices uh, justice and do those characters justice. So amazing, amazing job um, on that. As we jump into the gameplay trailer, we can start to look at some of the things that are tying this and Sea of Thieves together. Now, obviously, I'm going to get into some, some deeper stuff, some criticism in a little bit, but I did want to give kudos where kudos is due because this partnership and how they're pulling it off is absolutely fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic um, what they're doing right now as far as the artwork and things like that. Um, now, Mike Chapman himself said, and we'll, we'll dive into this in a little bit, Mike Chapman said that this partnership had been going on for obviously sometime 2019 when that conversation began. Um, and they want the Pirates of the Caribbean characters to flow into the story of Sea of Thieves. Um, a few things that Falcor brought up that I thought were excellent points. We don't know what the world is outside of the Sea of Thieves, outside of the Devil's Shroud, outside of the Shroud around the seas. We don't know what world we're in, right? We have heard multiple times from Mike Chapman that it's like our real world in the Caribbean, you know, with the Golden Age of Piracy, but we don't know if it's truly our world or not. This tells us, or it appears to tell us, that the world outside the Shroud is, in fact, the world of Pirates of the Caribbean, which, though it does take place gently on the real world, the world of Pirates of the Caribbean is what is outside of the Shroud. So that makes it very interesting. And if that's the case, it allows this partnership to potentially go on past what we're getting in Season 3. What are we getting, you ask? If you don't know already, there will be five tall tales. Uh, five tall tales that will be centered around the Pirates of the Caribbean and Jack Sparrow. Um, and these tall tales will deal with um, mermaids, which we're going to talk about some of the new emergent threats here in a little bit, which most of them look really cool. Um, it'll deal with Jack Sparrow and him stealing something. Um, I have my speculations on what he stole based on the trailer. Um, and it'll be dealing with Davy Jones, which I was focusing on the word fairy for a very important reason, which we'll be discussing in a few minutes on how I believe at least some, if not all of this tall tale is going to, to revolve around. We also know that the ruins that we have been getting in the game and a lot of people have been working to decipher, which is pointing towards a fallen kingdom. Um, it's pointing towards mermaids. It's pointing towards the silver blade. It's now being revealed to us. The Silver Blade is was, in fact, in the trailer and in the gameplay. Uh, so we will be exploring the Silver Blade, which, if you're not aware, is Flameheart Jr.'s ship. Um, we obviously see that a new emergent threat of mermaids um, will be added, which there is a connection there, again, to, see, uh, to Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, in the fourth movie, uh, Stranger Tides, the one with uh, Blackbeard, uh, mermaids played a very key role in that particular movie. Um, so it's just makes sense that we now have another pirates of the Caribbean piece in sea of thieves that I believe it seems like maybe something that transcends past the tall tales. Also in the trailer, we saw that what they're building on the outpost is in fact, what this 
Tall Tale series is going to begin at. It is a hut. I assume that Calypso is going to be in the hut to tell us the story. And in the gameplay trailer, that is in fact where we meet Jack Sparrow. So the hut uh, for this particular crossover is in fact um, going to be what we have seen, or I assume based on the uh, gameplay kind of flyby is what they're building on the outpost. So mystery solved, it seems, on that one. Um, also, we also have a mystery solved on Duke talking about mermaids because now we've got hostile mermaids. How they've become hostile, I think we're going to find out. Uh, and I think mermaids are going to play a huge role in this particular season and in this crossover uh, based on the gameplay trailer we saw today. Um, what else is new? Well, there is a clock tower, a very interesting clock tower that gets blown up in the large trailer. But if you are not familiar with Disney or more so not familiar with the Disney amusement parks, that clock tower is actually the clock tower from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at the Disney theme parks. So again, tying in the culture of Disney, tying in icons of Disney, not necessarily just in the movies, but tying in from the actual theme parks, which is something Disney does, right? Their theme parks are based around the movies and they kind of cross back and forth sometimes. Well, the clock tower is from the Disney theme parks and is now going to be in Sea of Thieves, most likely in this new land that we're going to. Um, we see... Or we hear um, them talking in the gameplay trailer from today something about the Fallen Kingdom, which was mentioned in the runes, I believe. One of the set of runes mentioned the Fallen Kingdom. Now, in the gameplay trailer, when they're mentioning the Fallen Kingdom, they're specifically talking about the mermaids. So I'm going to guess that this Fallen Kingdom that they're talking about is the Mermaid Kingdom or something that the mermaids are involved with. And in this trailer or in this gameplay footage, that is where they find the silver blade. Um, so maybe we're going to have some tie in to Flameheart Jr., uh, the mermaids, the fallen kingdom, and we're going to get a little bit more along the lines of that story. The other thing we get here is what appears to be a mermaid leader or more so maybe a mermaid queen. Um, she obviously looks very different than the, uh, like the aggressive mermaids that we saw in the trailer. Uh, she looks very regal and she has the most powerful of the mermaid gems, the red mermaid gem, uh, in her chest. And she does speak several times during the gameplay footage. Uh, so I assume she's some sort of mermaid leader. We see the emergent of a new mermaid statue in yellow. We've not seen yellow before, which also corresponds to the gameplay or the game trailer at E3, where Jack is holding a object which he has stolen, which is a box that has a glowing yellow gem in it. Of which later in the trailer, when he is underwater fighting with what appears to be Mr. Cotton, the tongueless man from Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, and they're fighting with a new weapon, the Trident, which happens to be in the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the po uh, Poseidon's Trident. And it's just a bad movie, but the Trident is in there, and it appears to be a new weapon um, that is coming to the game, maybe just for the Tall Tales, maybe a permanent weapon that we'll be able to loot somewhere and use against other people. 
Who knows? We'll have to see. Um, but in the background, you'll notice there is a yellow mermaid statue, yellow glowing eyes, but is missing their gem. So what did Jack Sparrow steal? We'll have to find out, but I think it's going to revolve around a new mermaid gem, which we haven't seen before aside from these trailers, and it appears to be yellow. So will it become the most expensive one? Was that a mermaid gem that maybe was the gem of the, uh, the king of the mermaids or the god of the mermaids? Whatever the case may be, uh, the gal, the, 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 the leader or the queen of the mermaids is what I'm going to call her until I find out who she actually is, appears to be very pissed off that Jack stole something from her. And again, it appears to be a gem um, and it appears to be potentially a mermaid gem, a yellow maybe sacred mermaid gem. But what I find is very interesting is Davy Jones, as we talked about, and as you know, by watching the movie can summon the Kraken, which in the trailer at E3, we see just like in the movie in sea of thieves art form, the summoning of the Kraken, the capstan being raised, dropped the ripple effect going out from the flying Dutchman and the Kraken comes. So we can only imagine, um, as it was said in the trailer, that we will be at some point engaging in combat with Mr. Davy Jones, Mr. Squidface himself, and potentially he has the ability to summon the Kraken. So we'll see how that battle plays out, but definitely could lead to something very new and interesting um, as far as uh, combat, especially if this is brought to the seas as a normal world event where you can fight Davy Jones and he has the ability to summon the Kraken because then not only do you have a naval battle going on, but you also have the Kraken and the queen of the mermaids spoke about her child. And we see in the gameplay trailer trying to reach out and hold the silver blade deep underwater are Kraken tentacles, but this Kraken has a face and you can actually see the head of the Kraken. Is this Davy Jones's Kraken or is this the mysterious and only seen in the game once mother of Krakens? And if you don't know, you do see the mother of Kraken one time. And that is in the maiden voyage on your way out. It is the Kraken that wraps the ghost ship up, the ghost galleon up and pulls it under considerably larger than the Kraken that we engage in out um, randomly in the world. But could this now be, is it Davy Jones's Kraken? Or is it the mother of Krakens? Or is Davy Jones's Kraken the mother of Krakens? Who knows? We're going to find out. But it's very interesting that there is some sort of tie-in here between Davy Jones um, and the mermaids. There's some sort of tie-in here together. Obviously, Davy Jones is after Jack Sparrow. He's always after Jack Sparrow. That's kind of the nature of how it was portrayed in the movies. But he controls a Kraken, and it seems like the mermaids also have a Kraken with a face, just like Davy Jones's. Um, so what else did we see in the gameplay trailer today? We saw a new ship set. Of course, we can't get through a Sea of Thieves uh, trailer announcement without talking about the Pirate Emporium, there is a new ship set. Will this be a unlock during season three? I sure hope so. Or 
Will Rare be trying to make a lot of money off of it? Also a good business decision because everyone's going to buy this. It is indeed the Black Pearl with its tattered sails, its beautiful figurehead, its completely blacked out entire wooden structure. It is the Black Pearl. It was shown briefly in the gameplay trailer, but it was led by and a new ship set. So we are going to be getting the Black Pearl in some way, shape, or form. Again, maybe it's in the Emporium, maybe it's in the Season Pass, don't know. It wasn't said, but their Black Pearl is going to be a ship that you can sail now in the Sea of Thieves, which, as again, a huge fan of Pirates of the Caribbean, this is absolutely awesome. I love, um, and now my ship is black and green, and it'll probably continue to be black and green, but there's always bits of it that I'm looking to replace, and I promise you, my ship will now be sailing with the Black Pearl sails because it just fits how my pirate is. It fits his story and his lore, and it's absolutely amazing. So I'm excited to see the new ship set, and you can check that out again on the Microsoft YouTube. Um, it was just done live today, um, 617. Um, just start scrolling through the video. I think it's like just past a fourth of the way through the video, maybe halfway through. Just start clicking through. Uh, you'll eventually get to the Sea of Thieves one and you can see the Black Pearl yourself. Another note that I wanted to make before we continue, not only are we doing our, um, our charity drive to the end of the year, which you can find that link in the bottom description if you would like to donate and help children pay for their medical expenses, um, but I wanted to also let everyone know who's a listener here on the podcast this podcast specifically will be only on the podcasting apps. I have been putting a visual um, down or a visual version of this on the YouTube channel, um, but I think there's a lot of uh, this kind of stuff going up on YouTube right now. And I feel like every so often, you guys as listeners, you're amazing. So many more listeners each and every week to the podcast, and I absolutely appreciate it. I think you guys every so often deserve something a little bit exclusive and away from YouTube. So this podcast, along with the podcast that I'll be recording just in a couple of days with a good friend of mine discussing this and our speculations on the release of season three, Captain Logan of the Keelhole podcast, another great Sea of Thieves podcast out there. He will be joining us for next week's episode. Um, he'll be joining me for recording this weekend um, because that's when he's available. But that episode, uh, so episode 35, will also be exclusive just to you guys on the podcasting app. So thank you. That is my thank you. It's it's a small thank you, but it's my thank you to each and every one of you for listening on the podcasting apps. You guys are amazing. I really, really appreciate it. <clears throat> so now back to what we saw in, in, in the trailer. And I want to talk a little bit about um, the new creatures or the new encounters that we saw in the trailer. Um, now, for a long time, we as a community have been asking for something to fight other than skeletons. We've thrown out ideas like animals, big animals, or crabs, or things of that nature. It's apparent that we are getting new creatures to fight, not only mermaids, but new creatures to fight in this next update. And what I find is very interesting and something that we mentioned a few weeks ago as something that would be really cool is apparently it looks like these new creatures can board your ship. I want to see a better AI in the game anyways. The skeletons are pretty mindless and easy to kill. Even the skeletal lords um, are pretty easy to kill. The ashen lords, a little harder, but still easy to kill. 
Gray Marrow, super easy to kill, though very annoying and very much a bullet sponge, still super easy to kill. These new creatures seem to be of different difficulties with new weapons. Um, I saw an electric whip. Um, obviously, we've got the crab claws and things like that. Um, but it appears to be there's several new creatures resembling a lot. Um, a mix between the tall tale um, skeletons from tall tale number one at the end with their very vibrant colors and bits of the sea growing on them and also resembling the Davy Jones creatures and they're seen on the Flying Dutchman itself um, when it comes out of the water in the E3 trailer. Um, so new creatures, apparently based on the gameplay uh, trailer that we saw today, they can board your ship. Jack mentions um, very, very, very distinctly, they're coming aboard and you can see these creatures climbing up and getting on your ship. So I love the fact that Rare is taking a step towards making PvE content more like PvP, where you have to protect your, your ladders for borders and stuff like that. I'm anxious to see how the gameplay and the combat play in that is. I really don't want to, like, it would be cool if some can just, like, you know, they're in the water and they kind of merge through your ship like Davy Jones does um, through different, uh, uh, you know, materials. That would be cool, but I would also like to see them climbing the ladder, climbing up the side of the ship and over the railing by the cannons and things like that. I don't just want it to be, oh, they just appear or they just spawn or, or like skeletons where they climb out of the dirt, they just climb out of the wood. That to me doesn't make sense. I would more so like just different variety of how they get on their, sh on your ship, uh, just to make it more interesting, kind of tie the two crossovers together. I think that would be a lot cooler, but we'll see what they do. Would also be interesting since all the ships have a different level. The sloop has the medium tier with the uh, the the map table as the bottom deck as the top deck. It would be very cool if these creatures could appear and or climb on or merge through the walls of the ship on the different decks, so you never know where your threat is going to be. On the galleon, you've got three different layers, and if you want to count four as where the helm is. Multiple layers where these creatures could be attacking you. It would be very interesting and very cool if Rare implemented the ability for these creatures to get on your ship in the different areas. So that way you never know um, where they're coming. Um, and then also we've got what looks to be the Mother Kraken. And also we have pirate ghosts. So I'm not talking about skeletons. I'm actually talking about what appears to be ghosts that you'll be able to fight um, and they appear to look like they disappear and kind of move around um, kind of like uh, if you've ever played World of Warcraft, rogues have the shadow step where they're in front of you and then poof, there's smoke and then they're behind you. That's kind of what some of the movement and stuff looks like, but it looks like we're going to be able to somehow fight ghosts, which appear to be souls that have left the fairy of the damned or the sea of the damned. And that is a perfect segue as to why I was emphasizing the word fairy earlier. Sea of Thieves has the ferryman, the man in charge of the fairy of the dam, the man in charge of where souls go when they leave the Sea of Thieves um, and pass on. He is in charge of those souls. Flameheart, the shit talker in the sky, has figured out a way through that veil and to bring his own ghostly head floating up and talking to you and telling us that our supplies are dwindling, but also the ability to bring back ghostly ships. 
um, the, both through the Order of Soul ghost ship voyages, but also in the fight for Flameheart. What we notice now is that Davy Jones, who is the ferryman of the Pirates of the Caribbean universe, also commands ghost ships. We saw this in the um, in the E3 trailer where you could see the Flying Dutchman sailing with an entourage of ghost ships. But if you paid very close attention, those ghost ships do not look like Flameheart's ghost ships. Flameheart's ghost ships look very much like the ships that we have in Sea of Thieves, the galleons that we have in Sea of Thieves. The ships that Davy Jones was sailing with are very much, they're, they're a bit bigger, uh, more Man of War-like. The front end looks very different and very much like a Man of War, and like the Flying Dutchman, which is a bigger ship than our galleons. So the Man of War that everyone's talking about seems to potentially be coming uh, to see if Thieves through Pirates of the Caribbean. Will it be a playable ship? Based on what we've heard on the podcast from uh, um, from the Rare staff, it's not something they were looking to do, um, but who knows? They've kept this a secret for a long time. Maybe they add a new ship or a new ship size. We don't know. Um, but what we do know is the ships clearly look different. Um, they've got a different shape to them. The front end is different, and they very much resemble a man of war. Um, it also appears that they have more cannons than the typical ghost ships from the Flameheart event, which has the four galleon cannons. Um, they look like they've got maybe seven or more. So um, we'll see how that plays. But Davy Jones clearly uh, controlling his own armada of ghost ships that are different than Flameheart. So how does that play with Flameheart? Davy Jones has now came into the Sea of Thieves with his own armada of ghost ships, obviously coming after Jack Sparrow. But you know what? He's a villain. He likes to control a lot of things. You know, he wants more souls to his crew. Flameheart's not going to be too happy about that because Flameheart wants the Sea of Thieves to himself. Uh, so could we potentially see a conflict between uh, Davy Jones and Flameheart? We don't know. I don't anticipate we seeing it now, but we are going to be dealing with the Silver Blade, which is Flameheart Jr., Flameheart's son. So we may see some sort of conflict there. It is five tall tales long, after all. And knowing Disney, they don't want short little stories. They want long epic stories. So we'll see how those tall tales uh, play out. Um, the last thing that we did see in um, the trailer of E3 and the gameplay trailer was what appears to be two new world events. Are they truly world events? There were no confirmation whatsoever, but in the official Sea of Thieves podcast, we did hear them say that season three and season four will bring with them new and exciting world events where they're looking to change the idea of world events because quite frankly, the community is very tired of the reused content, the patchwork of world events, and it just gets boring very quickly. Ford of Fortune was really cool for all of about, you know, a couple weeks to a month, and now everyone's kind of bored of it. So they wanted to relook how they were doing world events, and we potentially could see this here. In the gameplay trailer, it shows a giant red mermaid statue that you have to destroy. Now, the giant red mermaid statue in the E3 trailer just came out of the water right next to your boat, nothing around it. In the gameplay trailer, however, it appeared to have a giant ma magical um, shell or giant magical shield 
around it. If you've played World of Warcraft, the old Dalaran bubble, if you remember that. But a giant magical red dome around it, most likely protecting it. But what was interesting is they were flashing back and forth between that shot with the fighting of the giant mermaid statue and another shot which showed a new head cloud in the sky. It wasn't red, it wasn't shit-talking you, but in fact it was gray, with red eyes and a tentacle beard. In fact it was Davy Jones. And because we know how much Sea of Thieves likes clouds in the sky, in my mind, that shows us that it is in fact a new world event. One of my biggest concerns and one of the things that we might talk about in a little bit when I talk about what I don't like um, about this announcement is my concern. One of my biggest concerns is, is this tall tale series going to be siloed away from sea of thieves, or is there really going to be a true union between the two brands um, where the sea of thieves and pirates of the Caribbean are one, or will this story be siloed? That's one of my biggest concerns and something that we don't know because we haven't seen it. We haven't heard about it. We've heard people talk about we want to unify them together and make the two worlds feel like one. But Rare has said that about a lot of things in the past and it doesn't it doesn't come out or is not executed the way that they say it's going to be executed and it feels a little lackluster. But. In this gameplay trailer, seeing the cloud of Davy Jones's head, which was a really unique and cool cloud, tells me that potentially we may have hope here that this could be a new and interesting world event that might have multiple parts. Obviously, you have the fort, which has the different waves, just like the Fort of Fortune and the Fort of the Damned. You have the um, um, the 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 fleets and you've got the flame hearts and the ashen winds, which all revolve around kind of waves. The ashen winds is the unique one where the boss is up the entire time and just spawning skeletons as one of the abilities. I don't know how this event is going to go, but it looks like it's a mix between potentially a mermaid statue and a naval battle with Davy Jones and potentially his fleet along with the flying Dutchman. We'll have to see how that plays out, but that gave me hope that they are truly going to bring the two universes together aside from a siloed tall tale that focuses on the Pirates of the Caribbean. So we'll see how that plays out. I strongly encourage you, if you haven't watched the trailer yet, which I'm guessing every listener here has, or watch the gameplay trailer, which was again released today on June 17th, strongly encourage you to do so. They're very quick watches and they're very... Very cool. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about on this Ferryman thing, and something that is exciting to me, is the logo. Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life. And if we look at the logo very closely, um, it's very Pirates of the Caribbean. It is a, it's like the Sea of Thieves skull, um, but it's clearly the skull of Jack Sparrow. It has the red bandana with the dangly bit. The dangly bit is actually a Sea of Thieves doubloon. It has the Sea of Thieves logo in it, um, the gold doubloon there. But what is most important and intriguing to me are the swords. And a lot of people didn't really look at these swords too much. I'm so glad I was watching Rob Raven on Twitch um, right after this announcement was made because he has a keen eye for a lot of detail. And he noticed the swords as well, which I thought was one of the biggest tells of what season three and a pirate's life is going to be about. One of the swords 
is the very hard to obtain um, Sword of the Ferryman. This sword was um, part of the Ferryman set, um, which came with an Xbox controller in the very early days of Sea of Thieves. It was only available, I believe, pre-ordering um, or getting that controller. Um, you can still get the codes today, but you're going to pay anywhere between 300 and 600 US dollars to get the codes. I didn't pay that much, but I'm not going to reveal how much I paid. I did not pay $300 though. But if you go to eBay, you can find the ferryman set from reputable vendors and you can get it. It's going to cost you though, between three and $600. My hope is that rare is not going to bring the ferryman cutlass back as you know, that was just like the black dog set, a very exclusive thing. And many of the players who have it hold that near and dear to their heart as something as an early, uh, a game player or a true fan of of the game, they went out and bought it or they got the the controller. So I hope they don't bring the sword back, but it is important that it is in this logo. We have Jack Sparrow's skull in the Sea of Thieves look. We've got the ferryman sword, but we have the second sword, which completes the overall Jolly Roger look, which is the skull and the crossbones. The other sword is very interesting because it is a sword that you very, very, very rarely saw in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It is obviously a pirate's cutlass. It is a very um, large cutlass, most likely a captain's cutlass, but it is the actual handguard that you want to pay attention to, which is actually a kraken or an octopus. Yes, in fact, I believe that that cutlass is Davy Jones's sword. And if you actually search for Davy Jones Pirates of the Caribbean on Google, you will find pictures of the sword. And it is, of course, the handguard has the octopus on it. It is a very large uh, captain's cutlass. It is most likely Davy Jones sword. So why is this important? Obviously, Jack Sparrow is our, you know, favorite, trusted, uh, goofy pirate that we all love. And he is taking the lead um, in this story. But why are the two swords, why do I say it's important? Well, I kept emphasizing the word ferryman or fairy. Davy Jones is the ferryman of the sea of, of, of the Pirates of the Caribbean universe. The ferryman is the ferryman of the Sea of Thieves universe. In the trailer, not the gameplay trailer, but in the E3 trailer, we are with Jack fighting the Flying Dutchman on a ship. Is it our ship? No. If you pay attention to the very important details, such as the spikes between the cannons, the cannons themselves, and in a far off shot, the actual figurehead and bowsprit, which is detached, and the figurehead is in fact a unicorn, the symbol of the ferryman. And in the gameplay trailer, we see ourselves on a ship, not in battle, but on a ship, and the ferryman himself is driving at the helm. I feel that season three in this first, I'm hoping of many stages of partnership between Disney pirates of the Caribbean and sea of thieves. I feel that the main focus of this particular adventure is going to be the battle of the ferryman, our ferryman of sea of thieves versus Davy Jones, the ferryman of pirates of the Caribbean. It makes sense with the cross swords. It makes sense in the E3 trailer where the, the Dutchman is fighting the ferryman ship and you're on board and you see the cute little crab. Will we get crab pets? I don't know. Shelly's a pretty, uh, pretty iconic crab, which I like that they put that in there. 
Um, also, for all the crab lords out there that I've made fun of, you get your you get your spotlight right now. Okay, not only is there a crab pet in Shelly who is absolutely adorable from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, you've got freaking crab monsters now. Okay, crab lords are now the king of the seas because now they're everywhere. You can. If you are a person out there who goes out of your way to slaughter a crab lord, now you have all your opportunity to get all your frustrations of life out in crab lord. So, um, crab lords, you've got your time in the light um, right now with the new creatures that we're seeing. Uh, but I really feel like season three is going to put a big focus around the fight between the two ferrymen, Davy Jones and the Sea of Thieves ferryman. And I think that's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very exciting, and it's going to start telling a story that we haven't seen yet. It's going to also start building on more of the mystery of the Fairy of the Damned, I believe. So lots of things that I know for the past, you know, about hour, I've rattled off about a lot of positive things that I, I really, really wanted to rattle off that I really enjoyed. And of course, some of you may have seen my tweets, or maybe some of you have sent me a, a nasty gram or two. You, you might have been surprised that this episode has been so positive. And that's because there are a lot of positives to take out of this. Um, obviously, anytime you're working with Disney, it is a huge positive. It is a big company. Okay. Um, and the brand is going to bring in a lot of new players. In fact, Falcor himself pulled up the Steam statistics after the E3 trailer and the day after. And we're seeing a ginormous increase in players purchasing Sea of Thieves on Steam, which is an absolutely outstanding revenue stream to Rare. It's going to bring us a lot of new players. So why was I so positive but so negative on Twitter? I'm going to briefly tell you a little bit about that. And the reason I say briefly is next week I will have a guest, Captain Logan of the Keelhaul Podcast, who I know is also a huge fan of Pirates of the Caribbean and have, has, has alpha and beta tested Sea of Thieves and actually has a skeletal captain in the game. If you've killed the skeletal captain, Captain Logan, L-O-G-U-N, you have killed my friend, Captain Logan of the Kill Hall podcast. That character was actually made because he was an early supporter of the game. Captain Logan is very high on this update and is very positive about this update. And though I think there's a lot of great things, as we've talked about in the past hour, coming from this update, I think there's some negative things to talk about as well. And so Captain Logan and I always have good banter back and forth, as some of you have listened to those episodes and the episodes where we cross over, if you will. The Keelhaul podcast with Pirate Talk Radio are some of the most best performing podcasts that we have. Uh, because everyone enjoys a good conversation. So we're going to have that conversation. I want to save some of my points for that conversation. But in the few moments that we have left, I want to mention why we should be concerned about this. First off, and a comment that I made on Twitter that a lot of people didn't like is, Disney does not need Sea of Thieves. But Sea of Thieves needs Disney. I'm going to say that again. Disney does not need Sea of Thieves. But Sea of Thieves needs Disney. Sea of Thieves has been in a downward turn, update after update, in keeping players. Sea of Thieves has an outstanding list of bugs and exploits, which has caused their partners grief, partners to stop being partners with them, partners to 
step away from the game and stop making content for it. It's caused a lot of players to walk away because combat is rough in a PvP game. Hit registration or historical weapon accuracy, as I will call it. Lots of exploit uh, exploits from X-bucketing and shoveling and, and weapons uh, to barrel bugs and everything else. Sea of Thieves is ripe with a lot of bad bugs and exploits, which causes a lot of frustration to players. Disney does not need Sea of Thieves. Um, Disney is obviously a huge conglomerate company, um, owning ESPN and a lot of other things, but they have never been able to successfully get into the gaming industry. They've had a failed gaming studio in the past, and they've always tried to get their hands on video games to get into that industry. And a lot of you will say, well, what about Kingdom Hearts? Disney did not create Kingdom Hearts. Square Enix created Kingdom Hearts, and Disney put a very strong hand on that game. I'll give you a quick example. Kingdom Hearts, when it was first presented to Disney, Mickey Mouse was actually supposed to be the main hero, and his main weapon was supposed to be a chainsaw. Disney would not allow Mickey Mouse to be in a video game. Disney is very protective of the mouse, as it is their face, it is their main brand image, and Mickey Mouse only shows up in one scene in Kingdom Hearts, and that is the end of Kingdom Hearts, where he helps to defeat the bad guy, but you don't actually see Mickey Mouse himself, you see a dark black shadow silhouette of Mickey Mouse, and that is all you get. So they switched the character and they gave it original character of Sora, which is a beloved character now in the uh, universe and of uh, in gaming. Kingdom Hearts is a great franchise. Sora was again supposed to wield a chainsaw, but Disney found that chainsaws would be too violent and too aggressive for a game that they want their brand associated with. So the, the, the chainsaw was turned into a keyblade. What I'm trying to say here is Disney has a very heavy hand in designing what they will and will not allow you to do with their characters. They have a very heavy hand in how you can use their characters and how you can evolve their story. They're very heavy handed in that. They do not allow their things to be played with um, without a very close supervision. So in the interview and in the information, the deep dive that Joe Neat talked about is happening on Sunday, June 20th. I'm very anxious to listen to more about this partnership and Disney's side and Rare's side. We'll never get to see the fine print, but I would love to see the fine print because ultimately I love Sea of Thieves. I love the original stories that they've gotten. We've got a lot of stories that are very open-ended that I wish they would have taken more time to get to, and they will eventually before they unleashed Pirates of the Caribbean onto us. But more so, I'm hoping that Disney is not going to be super heavy-handed in this, where they are going to start really dictating the direction of the story of Sea of Thieves to benefit them. There is no question having the Disney name, brand, and logo anywhere associated with you all over the Xbox homepage, all over Sea of Thieves, is not going to help. It's absolutely going to help. But having the mouse involved in the back room of your favorite game's development, as we saw with Square Enix, can become very frustrating for the game developer and can just completely take the game in a different direction than the developer wanted it to in order to, you know, feed where Disney wants to take it. Now, in the, the 
look of Kingdom Hearts, obviously it's been a very successful franchise. I believe they're working on Kingdom Hearts 3 or something now, whatever it may be. But we want to make sure we're very cautious in this and knowing that Disney is now involved. Disney is now very much involved. And we need to be careful because we don't want Disney to push the game towards Disney. We still want this game to be Sea of Thieves at the end of the day. So I'm really anxious to see where that is. More so, um, obviously, for some it might be hidden, but for several of us in the know and who have connections, money is very important to Rare and, and their development. And the deal with Microsoft hasn't exactly went in their favor very much. And they've had to reduce staff and not necessarily layoffs and things like that, but they've had to get creative in, in how they've been doing things. And that causes things like bugs and exploits not to be fixed in terms of, you know, we don't have the resources to do that while still providing you new content to play. I'm curious to see what the number was to get Disney involved. How much did it cost? How much was the rights to get Pirates of the Caribbean in there? Obviously, Disney might cut you a little discount because that gives them another foothold in the gaming industry and more so a foothold in the leader of console gaming in Xbox. Yeah, some of you out there may, may love PlayStation, but at the end of the day, Xbox is currently the leader and has been since they announced and launched the new Xbox. They are the leader in console gaming right now. So having Disney being able to now have an in through an Xbox studio is big for them, but they're not going to allow their beloved Jack Sparrow to go without a pretty penny. We'll never see the fine print, but I'm very curious as to what the digits were on that particular deal. Um, I also would like to know how much creative control Disney has been given in this world. I would also like to know if Sea of Thieves is going to start showing up in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which I believe the next one is on hold uh, right now due to the Johnny Depp situation. So there's a lot of things we should still be concerned about. And I think the biggest one that we should be concerned about is player base. We're going to see a massive, massive intake of players. We're already starting to see it. Players already starting to get ready, downloading the game, buying the game, getting into the game, because we're only a few days away. June 22nd is when Season 3 and Pirates of the Caribbean come to Sea of Thieves. So people are getting prepared. That number is going to continue to go up. Here's the rub. There are bad bugs and bad exploits that have not been taken care of for months and even years. These bugs and exploits have plagued Rare in their player base. If new players come into this game and they're suffering the same bugs, the same exploits, and the same frustrating play, they're not going to stick around. Now, it would be a great boost in revenue that they're coming in the first place, and Rare can't ever hope to, to keep the players, all of them that came in, but you got to keep a lot of them. you got to keep a good majority of them. And there's too many open open development issues with this game right now. And I feel like the announcement of Disney now is a way for them to boost their player numbers to hopefully again, get more money out of the Emporium, get more money out of sales and get more money from Microsoft. Because ultimately if you're on game pass, part of the, the determination of how much Microsoft is going to be funding your studio comes from, well, 
if people are playing your Game Pass game. So this is going to be good financially for Rare. It's going to allow them to continue to develop the game, but it's not going to last unless they fix the broken bits of the game. That's just how it is. So am I excited about Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes. Am I afraid this is going to be a solo, a soloed or a siloed Tall Tale series? I am scared about that. I have faith because of the gameplay trailer we saw today. And I'm hoping Joe Neat and Mark, Mike Chapman give me more faith in their interview that we, we will hear on Sunday. But I am nervous that this is going to be a siloed experience and it's not really going to impact too much the actual Sea of Thieves. I have faith in Mike Chapman, though I am disappointed that we didn't get more of the Sea of Thieves original story and we've had to bring in Disney to kind of tell some of that stuff. But I trust Rare in that they're going to do right by the players and, and make this great. But the biggest thing I'm scared about is that we launched Disney. We got a big spike of players, which makes me feel like the Disney announcement was a cop-out or a band-aid, if you will, to repair the player base in hopes to get new faces in there and try to boost numbers and try to get, you know, people to stick around. At the end of the day, people aren't going to stick around unless you fix the issues that are causing them to leave in the first place. In fact, some new players who've never played Sea of Thieves before, if they have a frustrating combat experience in a PvP combat game, they might not even get through all of the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, even if they love the brand, just because of the frustration. So I'll be anxious to see what people are going to start saying on Steam. The new players are going to start staying on Steam feedbacks and things like that. See how the feedback rating is going to be for the game. See how players are taking to the seas. Um, but we should definitely be cautious. We should enjoy it. And we should have fun. We should embrace Jack Sparrow. We should enjoy the story that's going to be put in front of us. We should, in, we should fall in love with these tall tales. Enjoy the gorgeousness. Get your Black Pearl. There's a lot of good things that are going to happen here in a few days in season three, but keep in your back of your mind, your cautiousness of this. There could be a lot of things that could really change the direction of Sea of Thieves away from what we love and more towards the mouse and more so. We always have to remember if Sea of Thieves does not fix the major issues with the fundamental pieces of their game, doesn't matter how many players Disney brings you, they're not going to stick around. Guys, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate that. Enjoy this exclusive um, podcast uh, episode directly to you and not on YouTube as my smallest insignificant thank you uh, for being an amazing audience. Please let me know what you think on Twitter via email um, or on any of my social medias. Check it out on the YouTube, Davram TV on YouTube, um, any of my live streams, or the upcoming new, very different series that I'm starting on Monday, which is going to be a daily devotional slash daily motivational talk from me, which should only be about five minutes for you to listen to, and I hope it helps you out. So check that out, youtube.com slash Davram TV. But let me know what you think about the Pirates of the Caribbean. There's a lot of media that's going to be coming out in the next couple of days. So make sure you're staying tuned and get excited because next week, Pirate Talk Radio number 35 is getting keel hauled. 
because we have Captain Logan coming over from the Keelhaul podcast to discuss season three and the Pirates of the Caribbean Sea of Thieves crossover. Guys, thank you very much. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.